It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. My fellow Americans, this is the 34th time I'll speak to you from the Oval Office, and the last. We've been together eight years now, and soon it'll be time for me to go. But before I do, I wanted to share some thoughts, some of which I've been saving for a long time. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go, and by what route, and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. This belief has been the underlying basis for everything I've tried to do these past eight years. But back in the 1960s, when I began, it seemed to me that we'd begun reversing the order of things. That through more and more rules and regulations and confiscatory taxes, the government was taking more of our money, more of our options, and more of our freedom. I went into politics in part to put up my hand and say, stop. I was a citizen politician, and it seemed the right thing for a citizen to do. I think we have stopped a lot of what needed stopping. And I hope we have once again reminded people that man is not free unless government is limited. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. Sandy Rios with you this morning. That's the voice of Ronald Reagan. He was our president in the 1980s. Uh, he was, you know, a Hollywood actor who came from the outside into Washington, causing a great kerfuffle. They hated him, too. You should have seen those press conferences and the way they derided uh, him. They thought they said he was stupid. But he was not stupid. He had done a number of uh, political commentaries through the years, uh, and he'd been the head of the Screen Actors Guild in California, led a, 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 a charge against the communists who had infiltrated the film industry. Uh, Ronald Reagan was nobody's fool. And uh, that was his last statement to the American people. That was just part, the first part of his statement to them. And we get these terms that we take for granted, like big government and limited government. Those come from the mind of Ronald Reagan, that that's no. Uh, government is too big. Government, when it gets that big, will seek to control you. And that's where we are today. Now, there are lots of things coming out about what happened in Mar-a-Lago, uh, what, 20, more than 24 hours ago. And so I want to bring you, I think, hopefully, the most important things, at least from my perspective. Last night, Miranda Devine was on uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's show, and uh, she described the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. And I want you to hear. I've got, I want to play you almost everything that she said because she lays it out very clearly. Miranda Devine, here she is. 
What we've heard from people, both eyewitnesses and people close to the former president from legal sources, um, we've pieced together what happened in this raid and it's quite shocking. Uh, we had over 30 uh, FBI agents from both the Southern District of Florida and from the Washington field office who arrived unannounced at 9am. Um, they, they were The Trump's lawyers, um, who were local lawyers, were not there. Uh, they didn't arrive for another hour. Uh, so these FBI agents and uh, about three DOJ attorneys managed to get inside by showing their search warrant to, um, we believe, to the Secret Service agents outside. And once inside um, this palatial property, they had access to uh, everything, to, to the Trump's private quarters, um, to which includes the Versailles bedroom and, uh, you know, living rooms and dining rooms and so on. And they also had access to a separate part of the building in which um, uh, Donald Trump's office was. Uh, plus, they went down, uh, we're told, to the, the sort of basement storage room, which had been locked, where these 15 boxes of presidential documents had been held since the General Services Administration had, had packed them up uh, after Trump's presidency in January, mid-January pretty much, um, of 2020, and shipped them to Mar-a-Lago, where they've been kept under lock and key. And in fact, in June, uh, Trump's attorneys, two of Trump's attorneys, uh, actually helped the FBI, gave them full access to that room, to those documents, those boxes, and uh, they sent, spent several hours then uh, looking through them. Donald Trump was there at Mar-a-Lago at the time, in June, uh, and he stopped by the basement and said hello to the agents. Um, and uh, But now, of course, the Trumps have decamped to Bedminster in New Jersey, and so Mar-a-Lago is closed up for the summer. There was only a skeleton staff there, including groundskeepers. All right, so that's the first part of her story. I just want to co comment on a few things before we hear the second part. So there were uh, FBI agents, not only from uh, Florida, but also from the Washington field office. Uh, that's, you know, where they all hang out. That's where, you know, the, oh, that's where the poison is, shall I just say. And I, I want to make an observation, very politically incorrect. I have to tell you that the FBI is, like, overrun now with lesbians. Uh, they've been joining for a long time now. I saw one who, may, I may, maybe she's not, but she was standing with her gun, her legs parted with the other two guys. And I saw in the picture, it was described by the paper that was showing this picture as three men standing outside, but it was a woman, FBI agent. Yeah, they're becoming very manly. Let me just say that. They're the same ones. I think of this vision. Remember when um, the kneeling was going on before the flag? Do you remember a bunch of female agents kneeling? FBI agents kneeling in front of the FBI offices in D.C.? I do. So remember, these are the ones, you know, in part, raiding President Trump's home. Uh, also, DOJ attorneys. I wonder who got to go on that little field trip. I bet they were having a lot of fun. I read uh, that the White House was watching. They were just broke out in cheers when they saw this happening. So it was a very happy day for the left. Now, Miranda Devine... Devine David goes on to explain more of it and uh, what she doesn't explain. I'll fill in the blanks. Clip two. It was a boiling hot day yesterday in Palm Beach, 91 degrees, uh, and yet uh, the FBI agents and the DOJ attorneys would not let Donald Trump's lawyers uh, shelter inside out of the sun uh, in the air-conditioned lobby. Uh, they were not allowed to observe any parts of, um, of 
of this search that went on for nine uh, sorry yeah about nine hours uh, over nine hours nine actually hours. from about 9 a.m till about um, yeah, till about 6 30 p.m and uh, and and they were uh, the demeanor of these uh, DOJ attorneys um, was uh, I'm told arrogant and they continually repeated that we have access to everything and everywhere I'm told they went into every single room um, and, uh, and you know, uh, Eric Trump has said that they ripped through closets, ransacked closets, including, uh, we're told, um, Melania Trump's uh, closet, also uh, Donald Trump's private office. They spent hours in there. They brought a safe cracker to open his safe um, and, uh, you know, just rifled through material. Now, um, Someone who has seen the warrant that they brought has said that it only uh, it confined itself to uh, presidential records and classified information. So, uh, you know, they were told that those boxes were right. in that storage room. They'd already seen it. Um, it only just makes you more suspicious that they were on a fishing expedition. Yes, a fishing expedition. And so that was a pretty good description. I thought I'd let I thought she did a great job of telling that. So there you are. Uh, that's how invasive it was. They were looking for boxes, they said, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. Well, so they were looking for them in Melania's closet, going through her clothing. Um, it, it's really unbelievable what they have just done. And if you don't think that it is stunning, let me read Alan Dershowitz says this. There's no precedent for a search like this. Har uh, Alan is a Harvard a professor. Uh, used to be on the left. He's been um, <laughs> coming more to the right through the years. It's been amazing to watch. Uh, but he doesn't like this. He said, there's no precedent for such a search like this. I've never heard of it in the 60 years for a crime which is generally punishable by administrative fines. He said a search should only be used when there's con concern a subpoena would prompt records to be destroyed. There's no evidence of that. He was a thousand miles away, Dershowitz said, of Trump. So that just to kind of put it a little bit in context here. Uh, now, if people are asking, you know, well, who ordered this? Who ordered this? Who? What is, who's the judge that signed off on this? And now we know. And this is really fascinating. His name is Judge Reinhardt. Um, let's see. He has a first name, I'm sure. Judge Reinhardt Bruce is his name. He was a, a U.S. attorney. And now we find out that he was in charge of prosecuting Jeffrey Epstein for the government. Remember Jeffrey Epstein, the famous pedophile, pedophile island yeah, so he was uh, in charge of that, for, uh, uh, charging, prosecuting Epstein for sex trafficking and a lot more, probably, underage sex trafficking. I don't know all the charges. So um, he was prosecuting him, so that means that he had a lot of information about what the pr prosecution knew, where they were going. And then suddenly, suddenly, uh, Mr. Reinhardt resigns. After 12 years with the U.S. Attorney's Office, he resigns. And guess what he does? Days later... He sets up office in Epstein's attorney's building and goes to work uh, defending Jeffrey Epstein and some of the people associated with him. Now, could I just say that that is uh, like under normal circumstances in a normal world? That would not be allowed. That's against Justice Department rules. It's against Florida bar rules. He is prosecuting, then he switches sides and takes with him the knowledge that he has for the prosecution to go defend Jeffrey Epstein very, and his compatriots very successfully, I might add, and then suddenly he becomes a judge. And now uh, he became a judge during the time President Trump was president, but uh, people are quick to point out that he was President Trump did not appoint him. 
he's actually um, he's a magistrate, and that means he's he's chosen by other members of the court. So President Trump had nothing to do with that appointment. So that's the kind of guy the judge was who signed off on this. All right, now what was the crime? And here's where it really gets interesting. Let's see if I have time to do this before the break. Maybe I don't. I'm going to save that. Let me just say this. Nancy Pelosi had an interesting response. Of course, you know, she was really upset about this happening to Trump, right? That's what you would expect, right? You'd expect Nancy Pelosi to be really upset about this happening. Well, this is clip four. Let's hear. No one is above the law, not even a president or a former president of the United States. But that all of this will, I'm sure, be made known to us uh, over time. But I have no knowledge of it. I do know uh, that there has been ch- chatter, or what more than chatter, about the presidential president's documents and how they must be preserved for history. And then she goes on to say, nobody is above the law. That's what they keep saying. There was a montage I wish I had for you where the media is talking about no one is above the law. They were sort of prepping us because they were coming after President Trump with a vengeance, and they're not not through. They're just in the middle of it, so we're getting to watch this. Of course, they're coming after all of us with a vengeance. Those of you who have family in the J6 jail, you know that, right? This is what they did to your families, and this is what they're doing to Donald Trump, and this is what they want to do to each and every one of us. Uh, It is stunning. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, that agency that wants stellar, a gold standard for the world, law enforcement agents. Uh, I can tell you that when Bruce uh, was hired at the FBI, the standards were so high. Uh, You could not be a liar. When I interviewed FBI agents back in Chicago in the 90s, people were family people. They were, it was uh, frowned upon if you had affairs. Uh, There was a moral, sort of maybe unstated moral code. Uh, and you had to be very highly qualified. You had to be you had to be a, an attorney or or a, an accountant. You couldn't just be some schlub off the street. Uh, and you certainly had to love your country. Well, gee, those days are gone. And now the FBI, uh, their director, who you know dismissed the Senate Judiciary Committee and said he had to leave early when they were asking him questions because he had to catch a a plane, a, a government plane, an FBI plane to take him on his vacation to Colorado. That's where we are with the FBI. It's disgraceful. It's sickening. Uh, And uh, they really are turning into being sort of like an arm of the government, like the brown shirts in Italy, like other other times and spaces where, you know, dictators had little uh, elements of uh, the enforcers and the Mussolini had them, too. And now we have our own and they're called the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It's a it's a stunning, sickening thing that's happening. But coming back, there's more information, especially about what this is all about. Stay tuned. This is Bible League International. Thank God your pastor wasn't attacked on Sunday, but it happened to Pastor Nepo recently while preaching in Burundi, Africa. Twenty radicals dragged him down the aisle to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death because he's been faithfully sharing the gospel with Muslims and nearly 200 have come to Christ in his village where Christians are attacked daily. Anyone who comes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior are easily persecuted. In coastal India, Jay Ant planted a church in a village with no Christians and today more than half of that village follows Christ, but it did not come easy. His house was burned down twice, his wife was assaulted, and many in the church have been threatened with death, but they're not praying for an end to their suffering. They're praying for Bibles to endure and persevere. We're halfway to our goal to send God's Word to 16,000 Bibleist persecuted believers, and we need to wrap up in a week. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD or give at SendBiblesNow.org SendBiblesNow.org And God bless you for caring. 
Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now, I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here. Write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. There are growing concerns among Republicans and even some Democrats over the FBI's early morning guns-drawn raid of President's home at Mar-a-Lago. A number of lawmakers are calling for the entire agency to be dismantled. And there is a mountain of evidence that deep state actors within the FBI have been after the former president for years. There's evidence agents spied on his presidential campaign with the intent of sabotage. There's the phony Russian dossier and, of course, the post-election attempts by rogue FBI agents to overthrow a duly elected president. Remember the story of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, the two FBI agents who talked about an insurance policy if Trump won the election. The FBI has gone rogue and the rot is deep, so deep, the only solution is to completely defund and dismantle the FBI. Be sure to check out my book, Culture Jihad. It's available at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Tomorrow is the day when you're going to want to buy the physical copy of the newspaper. Because this is a night where you are going to remember where you were. Obviously, as big as big as stakes as you can have. Perhaps the orange jumpsuit is for is forthcoming. Vladimir Putin, he he doesn't believe in the rule of law. Uh, she doesn't. They all systematically work to break down the rule of law, just like Donald Trump. If I were like Donald Trump's lawyer right now, and thank God I'm not, um, I would be advising my client to be telling my family, I am looking at jail time and we should you know, make plans accordingly. All right, so there's the media's response. You know, they're, they're so excited. They think that Donald Trump's going to be arrested. And I don't doubt it either because I played that clip from J- Dick Cheney yesterday about his vitriolic hate and how uh, Donald Trump is the most dangerous person, dangerous, uh, you know, threat to democracy on the planet. It's um, unbelievable. And uh, this is actually, so, you know, all, in fact, I just should show, I just random, Mitch McConnell. wonder what Mitch McConnell thinks about this. And he's come out in great defense of Donald Trump, right? He doesn't like, well, he was doing an appearance in Kentucky yesterday, and um, 
someone asked him what he thought about all of this, and this is what he said, clip seven. Switching gears a little bit, um, what is your reaction to the FBI raid yesterday I'm here today to talk about uh, the flood and recover from the flood. There you go. What do you think about, you know, that the, what is your reaction to the FBI raid? I'm here to talk about the flood and that's it. Okay. So that's, uh, that's our leadership in the Republican party and Kevin McCarthy on the other end and is, you know, making a lot of noise. They're going to have hearings because that's what he does. Meaningless hearings, I might add, because I've seen them. They act as though they're going to do something. Ask me about the baby body parts Planned Parenthood scandal where they skipped over holding Planned Parenthood ever responsible, but they had hearings. Oh, man, they had hearings. Benghazi, oh, listen, they, they, uh, they, his predecessor, John Boehner, who did the same thing, uh, they had hearings, but they were rigged uh, and uh, they did nothing. So I don't have a lot of faith in that. I hope Kevin McCarthy does never become Speaker of the House, but, you know, he, he might because uh, that's the way it is in Washington. All right, now I have to get to this part. What is this all about? This is about the uh, Presidential Records Act, uh, supposedly. Uh, They're alleging that President uh, Trump uh, took documents from the White House or or from the, whatever, that that he didn't, that were classified, that he had no right to keep. But of course, that is just an abject lie. It's a distortion of what the truth is. I could say it, but I think maybe Mike Turner, who's the head of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, explains it best in clip six. Let's listen. The whole issue of classification is based upon what the president of the United States says. We went through this before where CNN used to try to claim that the president at the podium uh, released classified information. The president, upon uttering it, can declassify something. Uh, This is something that falls solely within the purview of the president. Just because something shows up at the clerical office of the archivist and has a cover page on it that says classified doesn't mean it is. The contents and the the, uh, critical analysis of those contents are necessary to determine if it's classified. And certainly the archivist is not clear, it does not have the ability to do that. So this is the archivist of the uh, of the uh, the Library of Congress. I'm going to get to him in a second. This is just so bizarre. So he's claiming the archivist is claiming that President Trump took documents that the National Archives is supposed to have, and he must be called to account. It must be something illegal here. Uh, but of course, we've heard, and or maybe if you haven't heard, somewhere along the line, I think you heard it this morning in some of those clips. Uh, that the president has been cooperating. He turned over 15 other boxes. He had the FBI come to Mar-a-Lago and go through the boxes that he had. And you heard Mike Rogers, and you've heard Cash Patel say over and over again, and maybe you haven't, but the president, he's the bug stops with him. The president of the United States who has the, fi- has the final say on what is classified and what isn't. Uh, and so when Cash was asked what was in these boxes, and he said that actually President Trump declassified all of these documents that had to do with Russiagate and all of it because he thought the American people should know. He declassified them while he was still president. I could read you the declaration. And so, uh, but some of it was not changed because the White House Chief of Sta- uh, Legal Counsel, Pat Cipollone, which who just testified against President Trump in the January 6th hearings, I might add, but didn't get around to um, officially having the markings changed. But it wouldn't have mattered. The president of the United States has a right to say what's classified. When he was president, when this stuff was generated, has a right to declare what's classified and what isn't. And uh, when he's asked, Cash was asked, what's in those boxes. And can you imagine that Donald Trump packed up those boxes himself? Yeah, 
And he decided, I don't, I kind of don't think so. I have a feeling Cash Patel, who was the head of a national, uh, I'm not sure, I never can remember his exact, it's national security uh, head honcho for the White House. Um, he said that he kept anything the president felt the American people had a right to know is there and more. And so they're furious and ang- and anxious to get a hold of it, you see. But here's the deal. The national, let's give his exact title here because it's really important, you see. Oh, it is um, the National Archives and Records Administration archivist, David Ferriero. It all goes back to him. I'm seeing this now. It all goes back to him. And uh, we have, because the left always tells you what they're doing. You just have to look for it. In fact, there's an article in the Washington Post about this U.S., this archivist who just retired. And I'll read you what they say. On his office television, David Ferriero, the archivist of the United States, had watched outgoing President Donald Trump whip up the right-wing crowd near the White House. Now he could hear the rioters on Pennsylvania Avenue outside the National Archives building where the limestone figures future and past stand guard over the Declaration of Independence and other treasured documents. Ferriero walked to the window. I watched this angry mob, really angry, angry people, he recalled. I thought to myself, if these people realize what's in this building they're passing, we're at risk here. Frightened, he backed away from the window. It was January the 6th, 2021, the worst day of his tenure as the keeper of the nation's collective memory, and the worst day of my life, he said, before he retired last month, the absolute worst. He stepped down April 30th after serving 12 years under three presidents. Oh, and then it goes on to say, earlier this year, the archives had retrieved 15 boxes of documents, some of them classified from Trump's Florida residence, because the material should have been turned over when he left the office. With the archives suddenly at the center of the news, Ferriero then declared in a statement that the Presidential Records Act, which requires preservation of White House records, is critical to our democracy and that records matter. Okay, so there we go. We see that Ferriero was nominated by President Barack Obama and confirmed by the Senate in 2009. It also says at some point that he watched President Trump um, leave the White House and he saw a, a box and he said to himself, I wonder what he's taking out. What is he taking out? So... Um, so now we find more things about this archivist. So this happened back in September of 2021. This is when Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, by the way, I've criticized him, but I'm not criticizing him for this. This was good. He sent a letter to National Archives and Records Administration archivist David Ferriero outlining his concern about what? Oh, about what? About, well, what's called blanket application of the harmful language alert on the nation's pillar documents. So what happened was Ferriero had put a warning on the Declaration of Independence, on the Constitution, and all of it, that some of the materials presented here may reflect outdated, biased, offensive, and possibly violent views and opinions. He put that in all the nation's documents. And so, um, and then they formed a national, the, the archives formed a task force on racism. And so James Langford uh, said, you know, basically, it should, says you should re- remove that warning on those documents immediately. That's basically what he said. And so this was Ferriero, who's so concerned about preserving the nation's documents and so worried that all of those people on January 6th who came to support President Trump in red, white, and blue, waving their flags and their funny hats, were going to, you know, swamp the archives and destroy the documents because, you know, they don't mean anything to 
those people. They only mean whatever they mean to Ferriaro, who covers them with all these warning labels that they're, they contain dangerous language. This is how bizarre this is. This is how bizarre it is. And you know what? Having been in D.C. for so long, I can tell you, if you want to get me angry, uh, take me to Mount Vernon, where they have rewritten all of these things about George Washington and made him sound like the most the worst slaveholder in the entire world, that that's what defines him as a president. Abject lies. Go to the Lincoln Museum. I'll go to the Ford Theater. And if you want to get me angry, take me there, and you will see smoke coming out of my ears, and you will see me yelling at people uh, who work there for uh, putting on the racks books that are absolutely anti-American, anti-Abraham Lincoln, lies. Uh, take me to some of the other museums, uh, the Oh, the, uh, there was another one we went to recently. Uh, yes, and I am just, I'm livid because this is what's been happening in Washington. This is who has been controlling our nation's capital. And now they're after President Donald Trump. They're after you and me. And now they have power. And now they have the power. And as soon as President Biden puts his pen to that, you know, what Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, please, the laugh track, where is it? Uh, that is going to hire 85,000 more IRS agents who will be knocking at your door and my door, and there will be no appeals, there will be no recourse, there will be no fairness. Uh, They will get our resources, take our hard-earned money any way they can. That's what they're doing. And that's why, if you're not angry now, and if you're not whipped into a frenzy as I am, you're not paying attention. And I want to tell you something. This is a small thing, but really, this is something. We are trying to flood the boxes of the members of Congress, all of them, the House and the Senate, uh, with uh, uh, our concern, our anger over this political persecution. And so I want to suggest that you help us with this. It's very simple. If you go to Align Act, A-L-I-G-N-A-C-T, Align Act. I've talked to you about that. I've told you they're friends. uh, They're good people. Uh, and they are, uh, they've set up a campaign. It's called End the Political Persecution of President Trump and Supporters. It talks about Jenny Thomas, it talks about President Trump, it talks about you and me and how we are being persecuted by this government. And uh, by just filling in the forms, you can send, we can send millions of uh, email, social media, whatever you choose to use, whatever uh, medium uh, messages to stop, get Congress, wake up and fight back. Stop this. And so it's a line act, and it's end the political persecution of President Trump and supporters. We'll put that on our getter page, and I hope that thousands of you will do exactly that and share it with other people, because that's something that we can do. You see why, how, uh, uh, how lackadaisical, laissez-faire, as they say, uh, Mitch McConnell was. I guess he's almost, you know, he's in his 80s. What does he care? That's the problem. These guys are so old, they they don't care. Unlike founding fathers who cared about the future generations and, um, you know, pledged their lives and fortunes to the preservation of this great country, we have leaders, Nancy Pelosi, who are worried about their ice cream in their freezer. That's really important to them, about flying everywhere and flitting around in brand new clothes, going shopping. I'll remember the story of Nancy Pelosi holding up traffic in San Francisco several years ago with her van uh, because she wanted to go in and shop at this ex- uh, high-end shoe store. Yeah, so they've got stuff to do, you know. And Christopher Ray has this vacation in Colorado paid for by your tax dollars. Their priorities are just where they should be, I'm thinking, not. And so so there's more to tell you. All right, so uh, Trump's attorney was interviewed last night 
uh, I think it was by Jesse Waters. I think it was Jesse. And uh, she talks about the FBI raid. She was there, and uh, she describes it. I think you should hear it. It's clip 11. So, Alina, were you with the president when he found out about this raid? I was. What I was, was the reaction? Honestly, I think he was calmer than you would expect because there is never a dull moment in his life. This man, I don't know how he wakes up every day. He is consistently under siege, but this one took it to a whole new level. Uh, the reason we nobody can figure it out is because there is no answer. What has happened is completely unconstitutional. It's a violation of the democracy that we have created. They are the people supposed to be defending the democracy, and instead they are destroying it. Our country should be terrified. I am terrified. I can tell you that he was not only working with them, he was cooperating, there was nothing to hide, and he was working in tandem, allowed them into Mar-a-Lago, and the point is they went in when he wasn't even there, and then told his attorneys to leave. They couldn't even be on premises. That doesn't sound good to me. They said they cannot watch, they need to go outside, and they came in, as I understand it, wearing backpacks, wearing things, go into his home, his private residence. He wasn't there, so the story that something's being destroyed doesn't really work out. No one's there. He's, he's in Bedminster, New Jersey. He's not there. Um, and this is, this is truly just the scariest moment as an attorney for me to watch, because when I took my oath of office, I believed in people like the FBI and the DOJ would be there to protect us, to defend us, especially a former president. I haven't seen anyone else be treated like this in my life. I can tell you, honestly, Jesse, as somebody who is very intimately related with all of his legal cases, there is more than people know that you'll be hearing that this lines up perfectly that I can tell you that they are working in tandem together to try and take him down. And if he wasn't ahead in the polls, this wouldn't be happening. So you think this is a conspiracy between several different legal investigations working together? A hundred percent. And it's politically motivated? A hundred percent. Listen, it's a NARA search. NARA, the National Archives. This is a joke. This is memento. And quite honestly, I'm concerned that they may have planted something. You know, at this point, who knows? I don't trust the government. And that's a very frightening thing as an American. If I didn't want to be an American and go to another, this is third world stuff. We've heard it. This is Cuba. This is, this is not our country. Um, my understanding from the attorneys on the ground was that they weren't given the warrant. They were allowed to see it and then taken back. Oh, so they don't have a copy that's of it. That's my understanding. Okay. Okay, so just to put this in perspective very quickly, to remind you, I had forgotten about this one, uh, former FBI Director James Comey, also a disgrace, uh, took with him when he left the FBI, when he was fired by President Trump, his handwritten notes. Uh, and you know what? You're not allowed to do that as an FBI agent. But I have to tell you, his home was never raided. He took his notes with him. The Obama administration didn't just not fail, not hand over documents, tens of thousands of documents went missing and were destroyed. But nothing ever happened to them. No one was raided. This, uh, whatever his name was, the archivist wasn't so concerned about that. A former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton failed to hand over tens of thousands of emails and documents from her server. Do you remember that? Claiming they were of a personal nature. She destroyed them. She had uh, this, I don't know, she wiped out the hard drive uh, with stuff she said it was about her daughter's wedding. But we all knew better, didn't we? And so, um, yeah, so... She, and also, a lot of these documents were under congressional subpoena when she destroyed them, but nobody seemed to care. There's been no response. By the way, Hillary Clinton is uh, enjoying this. She has uh, created something that she, I guess she thinks is clever. To me, it sounds uh, stupid, but she has this little slogan, but her emails. 
but her emails, and she thinks that's funny. She has hats and T-shirts, and now she's uh, going full bore to to sell them. She's appearing in these hats and smirking, very happy, you know, uh, gloating about what's happening with President Trump and raising money on her but her emails hat. <laughs> she got away with it again. <laughs> she got away with it again. She got away. You know, I told you she was fired from the Watergate committee. She went after Nixon. She was a, just a fresh from college. And they fired her because she stole documents. And then she's been getting away with it ever since. It's just stunning. But you know what? I have to tell you, as discouraging as the things I'm telling you are, just remember, we have a God who sees and knows everything. Nobody is going to get away with anything. And remember, the scripture tells us it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God, a God of justice and truth, a God who cares about people lying and stealing, setting others up, and a God who will exact justice. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And so um, she can smile all she wants. I would not want to be sitting in her shoes. By the way, Scott Perry, who's been our guest many times, he's now the head of the, the uh, Freedom Caucus. Uh, he was with his family, and the FBI, three agents came up to him and confiscated his cell phone. They had no warrant. They didn't go through his attorney. I don't even know why he gave it to them, but he did. I was going to have him on this morning and ask him that question. But, of course, uh, he says my phone contains info about my legislative and political activities, my personal and private discussions with my wife, family, constituents, and friends. None of this is the government's business. And, ironically, uh, Scott Perry had just uh, filed for the impeachment of Merrick Garland. You think that's why they took his phone? Wow. Where are we living? Where in the world are we living? And then, of course, Mike Davis reminds us, another friend of the show, Mike Davis, um, who was a former, well, I'm not going to tell you, but just because it takes too long. He reminds us that the former FBI general counsel, that's the top attorney for the FBI, former, when all of this stuff was happening, the Russian collusion and all of that, where is he now? Well, he's, uh, well, he's the current Twitter deputy general counsel. Just think about that, let that soak in, and you see that, you know, They've thought of everything. Haven't they thought of everything? Well, all right, so we've think, we're thinking of some things, too, meaning we, the people. Judicial Watch, our champions on many issues, have just, in the last 24 hours, sued the DOJ for Russia hoax records that were declassified and ordered released by President Trump. The, the, the um, Justice Department has been clenching their hands. They will not release the records related to Crossfire Hurricane, even though President Trump, who was the president— who have the right, the constitutional right to declassify them, the Justice Department is defying that and hanging on to them. So the just, Judicial Watch is uh, demanding that they be released. So we'll see what happens with that. We might learn a few things if we see those records. And then last but not least, Mark Elias, who was uh, the top lawyer for Hillary Clinton, whose hand handprints are all over this. You remember I read with when I was talking to Victoria Tensing yesterday, I read to her uh, this uh, Elias calling up U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2771 as the reason that President Trump, uh, as a result of this raid and take, allegedly taking these uh, documents, that or keeping these documents from the archive, that he could be barred from seeking public office again. He is just uh, actually over the moon. He is so excited. He said uh, he doesn't think the American people realize how important that, that, that uh, raid was and how this is a turning point. So 
Uh, Mark Elias, the corrupt attorney who's responsible for much of the nonsense that was orchestrated in the 2020 election, is now finding a way to stop Donald Trump from being president. But I don't think he's going to succeed. Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the lives of the most innocent among us. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Buzz Aldrin is the famed astronaut who planted the American flag on the moon and explored it for some 21 hours. What many don't know, however, is what Mr. Aldrin did to commemorate the moon landing. Aldrin, a committed Christian and elder in his local church, marked the incredible occasion by celebrating Holy Communion. The first meal ever eaten on the moon was a celebration of the Lord's table a lunar declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and soon-coming King. That is pretty cool. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This week, Revival Fires International is giving a free Truth For Youth Bible to every student between 13 and 18 who promises to pass it along to a friend at school this year. It contains the entire New Testament, along with full-color comics that present the gospel and moral truths. I read some of the comics and they really touched my heart. So I repented of my sins and now I'm sold out for Jesus. Thank you so much for the Truth For Youth Bible. The Truth For Youth Bible inspired me and led me to Christ. It has also given me a chance to show others the way to eternal life and the only one who can give it, and that's Jesus. I am praying that others will be saved because of your willingness to get the truth of God's Word out. It's also available in Spanish. To order a free Truth For Youth Bible, visit truthforyouth.com anytime or call 800-733-4737 between 8.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Central. That's 800-733-4737. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. A profoundly troubling committee on the present danger China webinar yesterday assessed President Biden's takedown of America's armed forces. As the prospect looms of kinetic war with the Chinese Communist Party, the cumulative effects of his ideological purges, insane vaccine mandates, the ravages of inflation, and indoctrination that America is not a nation worth dying for are devastating our only military and emboldening our enemies. The question occurs if Joe Biden were working for the CCP, what would he be doing differently? 
I can't think of a thing. To name but a few other Biden initiatives on Xi Jinping's wish list, replacing our energy independence with reliance on Chinese renewable technologies, among other CCP supply chains, facilitating an invasion by millions of illegal aliens, surrendering Afghanistan, and humiliating and prosecuting Americans critical of China. Whatever his motivations, Joe must go. This is Frank Gavin. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. Remember at the top of the show today, I played that Reagan clip where he talks about how um, uh, when government gets so large, it starts ruling our lives, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. He goes on to say what we didn't play was he talks about reversing course, and he said it has to start with our young people. Uh, We haven't been teaching them history. They They don't understand. Even back then in the 80s, he's saying this. They don't know the nation's foundings. They don't know the documents. And it has to start at the dinner table, talking to your children, uh, teaching them. And I think that's a perfect pivot. So Reagan was a Christian himself, a born-again Christian. Uh, and uh, he certainly um, he certainly understood uh, that this was part of it, too, because the, this nation was founded on Christian principles. And so they're, they go hand in hand. And so it's time for us to start teaching our kids uh, we have to stop leaving it to other people to teach them, certainly not the schools, and even right now, not even the churches. I don't think most churches are doing nearly enough to educate children about a scripture. And so um, this is Truth for Youth Bible Week uh, that we we help celebrate every single year right before the kids are going back to school. And the founder of Revival Fires International, Tim Todd, is with us this morning, and he, it's this is his initiative uh, let me just tell you before I before I give Tim a chance to talk, uh, what we're trying to do is get your uh, kids, your children, your grandchildren, if they will promise to share a Bible with someone at school or with two people, perhaps there's a couple of people they are concerned about, uh, if they would take these Bibles and give them to those friends uh, in a, as a loving gesture, then, uh, revi- then Truth For Youth will send these Bibles to you for as many as you need, as many people as you think your kids can reach. Uh, by you just have to go to visit. You have to visit truthforyouth.com, or, or call eight hundred seven three three four seven three seven. That's eight hundred seven three three four seven three seven. Now the um, it's not the switchboard is not open until eight thirty Central Standard Time. Just to be clear, but the number is eight hundred seven three three four seven three seven, or visit truthforyouth.com, uh, and you can order online. And with that, the founder of Truth for Youth Bible Week, Tim Todd, joins us this morning. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Sandy. So good to be with you this morning. Good to be with you, too. How is this, you know, every time we talk, I ask you for a recent, you know, how, how is the program going? What's What effect is it having? Like we had last year, all the, we talked about this, and then the Bibles went out. Are, there, are you seeing some tangible fruits? Obviously, even if you're not, we know that God, the Bible tells us that His Word doesn't return void. But are there any stories from this recent past year? Yes, Sandy. In fact, uh, you know, this is the 22nd year that uh, we have had the Truth Youth Bible Week with American Family Radio. And 22 years ago, when we put this together, I, I approached Tim Wildman about this, and, and uh, the AFR got on board. And I have got a testimony that will just blow you away from a young man from 22 years ago. Now, we've got masses of testimonies. But uh, over 25,000 now that we know of, of young people that have been saved as a result of getting a copy of the 
1.5 million truth youth Bibles that we've given away since the conception of this with AFR 22 years ago. But 22 years ago, in the very first project, there was a young man from Purvis, Mississippi, that gave his heart to the Lord. And I think we've got that testimony ready to go, and you are just going to be blessed by this. Okay. All right. Well, then I was going to let you tell the story, but I agree. This is powerful. It's Christopher Miller. That may not mean anyone to anybody, anything to anybody yet, but it will. This is his testimony when he got his Truth For Youth Bible. Let's listen. My name is Christopher Miller, and I have the honor of serving as the lead pastor here at the Assembly in West Monroe, Louisiana. 22 years ago, when the great leadership of American Family Radio partnered with Dr. Tim Todd for the very first National Truth for Youth Bible Week, I was a troubled freshman at Purvis High School in Purvis, Mississippi. One day during class, one of my football coaches walked into the classroom and walked directly to me. He placed on my desk a Truth for Youth Bible that he had received while listening to American Family Radio. He said to me, you need to read this, and simply exited the room. God used the strong witness of my coach, the Truth For Youth Bible, and American Family Radio at that time in my life as a seed in the process for me to come to a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the process of ultimately bringing me into the fullness of God's plan for my life to serve in the pastorate. Now, 22 years later, I have the privilege of pastoring Dr. Tim and Angie Todd and his precious family here at the assembly of which they have faithfully attended for more than 25 years. Through the work that God is accomplishing at the assembly, we're witnessing children, young people, and adults give their lives to Jesus Christ, being discipled and coming into the fullness of God's plan for their lives as well. Receiving a copy of the Truth For Youth Bible some 22 years ago played a strategic role in my life, thus in the lives of the many people that I am able to minister to today. I want to say a thank you. Thank you to the American Family Radio for partnering with Revival Fires International and with Dr. Tim Todd for the Truth For Youth Bible campaign. I also would like to offer a grateful thank you to Dr. Tim Todd personally, as well as a thank you to that coach from so many years ago at Purvis High School of giving me that Bible. My life in the lives of the people that I'm able to minister to, have been, are being, and will continue to be directly impacted as a result of receiving a copy of the Truth for Youth Bible. Wow, that is so powerful. And before we talk, Tim, let me just say, if you'd like to be a part of this, you can order online at truthforyouth.com. And order as many New Testaments. By the way, they're full of color comics. They present the gospel and moral truths. It's not just, you know, it's not the King James text for the kids. It's something that they will, they can, it, they're, they're certainly not Bible, Bible savvy. They'll be drawn to it. It's truthforyouth.com, or you can call 800-733-4737 after 8.30 Central Standard Time this morning. Tim, did you know this about your pastor? You know, I did not find that out. My pastor has been pastoring me now, Sandy, for a little over three years now. And whenever he first came to our church and uh, became our pastor in the transition period, he walked up to me and he had this old 22-year-old, or at that time, a 19-year-old Truth Youth Bible, tattered and torn, 
and with tears <laughs> streaming down his cheeks, he said, the Lord used this Bible for me to get right to the Lord, for me to be called into the ministry. And so just an exciting testimony. We're so thankful that 22 years ago, a coach got on the phone, called and got a Truth for You Bible, brought it and disrupted a class, Sandy. This coach walked into the classroom in the middle of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, the class period and walked right up to, to uh, Christopher because he was having trouble with Christopher. He put that Bible on his table and he said, you need, on his desk and said, you need to read this. And from that seed of the Word of God, now 22 years later, hundreds of people are getting saved through Pastor Christopher's ministry, and he's my pastor. This is a crazy, <laughs> crazy, powerful testimony. You know what? Uh, I guess I see God's hand in so many ways in that story, Tim. Uh, certainly the obvious, that uh, Christopher's life was changed, and now he's ministering to thousands of people, uh, and including you. But I guess, you know, God's, God's wink at you, God's kiss to you for your hard work. Uh, for, you know, just to affirm uh, what you've been doing all these years, God does do that, you know. He loves his he loves his children, and he gives them wonderful gifts. And I, if for, I'm just thinking for you, this must have been a most wonderful gift. We're almost out of time here. Oh, yes. Uh, but uh, tell us, tell us what's, you know, tell people what they should do and kind of describe whatever I've left out here. Yes, I, I believe that parents and grandparents, when you get these Bibles, sit down with your children and grandchildren explain to them the importance of not only serving God, but to be a faithful witness in their school. Pray over them, pray over these Bibles, and get them into the hands of your children and grandchildren, and commission them to go into the school and take back what the devil has stolen, so that young people like Christopher Miller can give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ and make a spiritual impact in the lives of hundreds and thousands across America. All right, so the website is truthforyouth.com, truthforyouth.com, or call 800-733-4737. And if you forget that stuff, you know you can go to afa.net and get the get the information because it'll be right there on our front page about how you can help. This has been exciting, Tim. What a great way to end a sad show. We have all bad news, and this is good news because we are reminded that God is a work and alive in every single way, in ways that we do not see, even as we read these headlines. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.